Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 169 of Weekly Poker Hand. Here we get Jack Tennis Spades in third position playing 5,000, 10,000. We're getting pretty deep in this $3,500 buy-in World Poker Tour event. I make it 2,200, and it's going to fold around to an unknown player in the big blind who has 370,000 to start the hand. So 37 big blinds deep. He elects to call. Flop comes 8-6-3, two spades. He checks. We continuation bet. 22,000 into these 58,000 pots. So here we have two overcards and a flush draw. It's a pretty good hand. Um, I'm usually betting on this flop a decent amount of the time, but there certainly is some merit to checking back if you expect your opponent to check raise you a lot. The thing is, is when you bet so small, 22,000 into 58,000, if we're ever picking up this pot, we're just going to be printing money. And I bet we probably steal this pot like 40% of the time or more immediately on the flop. And this really does show the power of these small bets because if I say I have jack-10 offsuit and I get check-raised, well, I can just fold, right? And if he does decide to check-call when I have jack-10 offsuit or jack-10 of hearts, for example, for just bad overcards, if he calls, I get to see the turn and sometimes the river if I decide to check back. So betting small is quite a powerful strategy that you should certainly implement to your game. What a lot of amateur players do instead is they bet... 50,000 into the 58,000 pot on the flop. And then when they get check raised, well, now they have to fold everything. When they get check called, they're actually against a really good hand. And you may steal the pot more on the flop with a big bet, but when you do get action, you're going to be in very bad shape. Whereas here, if I get check called, there's no guarantee my opponent even has a good hand when I'm betting 22,000, right? So that is what I do. I bet 22. And now the opponent raises to 58,000. Okay, that's certainly not what we want to have happen. With our flush draw, we're clearly getting the right price to call immediately, right? We have to put in about 35000 to try to win a pot that's going to be about one sixty. So we're getting the correct immediate price to draw immediately, which I think is great, right? I definitely want to call in these spots a lot of the time. The question is, do I ever want to re-raise here? Because if I do have a hand like sixes or threes or eights even, I would definitely like to re-raise and play a big pot because when my opponent check raises here, he's basically telling me he has a draw of some sort, which I would love to protect with my... Uh, i love to protect against if I have, if I have the sets. Or he has a hand like 8-6 for top two pair, or maybe he has a hand like 9-7 for a straight draw, maybe 5-4 for a straight draw. I think all those hands are good to check raise with because they don't have a lot of showdown value. And if you can make me fold hands like ace-jack that are you know, currently ahead... That's great. So I think the opponent should be check-raising lots of draws here and lots of made hands. And the interesting thing here is is I just listed out a bunch of possible draws, right? Like all the flush draws, 9-7, maybe 7-5, maybe 5-4. If he has all these hands in his range, that is a bunch of bluffs. And if he has a bunch of bluffs, he actually should have lots of value hands too. Otherwise, he has way too many bluffs. So if he has like pocket nines, maybe he should be check-raising and just be fine getting it in. Or if he has ace-8, maybe he should be getting it in. It's tough to say, but it's important to be aware that on boards like this, if you're in the big blind, that if you're check-raising all your bluffs, you have to make sure you're check-raising a lot of value hands too. So anyway, with Jack-10 suited, is this a hand that is not quite good enough to call? And I think it probably is not. And the reason is because if we miss on the turn and our opponent keeps betting, we just have to fold. Whereas if we had a hand like Ace of Spades, Jack of Spades, we could very easily call again because we're going to have overcards most of the time. And we have a draw to the nuts. As your draw gets worse, 
assuming it still has a lot of equity if you re-raise and get it all in and get called, which we certainly do here, you should be more inclined to play these hands very aggressively. Like if I had 9-7 of spades or 7-4 of spades for like a, a bad flush draw and a gut shot, I would certainly be re-raising here. Um, and Jack-10 sort of on the cusp because it does have two overcards. But I think probably just playing this one really aggressively is going to be fine. So I'm probably going to just shove. And that is what I do. Um, my opponent made it 58. I go all in for his 300. So it's a bit of a large shove. But if I'm doing this with hands like eight sixes and threes and maybe aces and kings, I think it's going to be pretty nice because, like I said, the opponent has lots of equity and whatever he has, I don't really care if he folds. If he has an open-ended straight draw, if he has a flush draw, if I'm sitting here with aces, I mean, that's that's a good result for me. So I do like to shove and what's the opponent call with? He does call, so we're going to have to win a hand. You really just don't want him to have a better flush draw. That's the only time you're in bad shape. He actually has 9-8 of diamonds for top pair, bad kicker, no backdoor flush draw. Huh. That is a big call. I don't know if you should be check-raising this one. I mean, I just mentioned how if you're check-raising a lot of draws and you have to have a lot of made hands. But if you do check-raise this, I think you should probably be getting away from it if you get jammed on. You know what he probably thought is that the only hands I will shove with here are flush draws or draws. And some people think that, that, oh, he's only going to shove if he has a draw, therefore I have to call with any made hand. But that's certainly not true. I mean, I just listed out the hands I, w- I would also shove with, like sets, which he's dead against, and aces, which he's drawing thin against. And if I have a draw, like this one here, I'm actually in great shape. So in this scenario, he's either drawing very near dead or he has you know 55% equity. And that's certainly not where you want to be when you're playing for all of your money. So pretty big blunder by my opponent to call it off. Um, This is a spot where if he is going to check raise this one, he can understand that if I do shove, I am going to shove with mostly a pretty strong range. If I'm shoving with a pretty strong range of good draws and nut hands, this just has to be a fold. So tough spot for him. If I was in his shoes, would I have check raised this flop? I don't think I would have. I think I would have check called. And, I mean, you're still going to end up losing a pretty big pot. I would have check called flop, check called turn, and then check folded if the board ran out like it did. It comes eight, six, three, five of diamonds, four spades. So the board gets pretty ugly by the river. And I I think you're supposed to just lose maybe six or eight or ten big blinds in this with this nine, eight suited, and, and that's going to be it. So instead, we got to flip for all the money. And when you flip for all the money, it's really nice to win. <laughs> so that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. I want to thank you all for being here. Good luck in your games, and I'll talk to you next week.